0: Hello, my name is Corey Frank. I'm a major airline captain and the author of Three Feet to the Left, A New Captain's Journey from Pursuit to Perspective. And you're listening to the Keystone Letters. Keystoneian number 14, the second and most important question we must answer to reignite the American spirit. to my neighbors in Pennsylvania and beyond. In recent letters, we discussed two hypothetical people supporting 2016 presidential candidates on the opposite ends of the American political spectrum. We imagined them taking selfies of themselves in support of these candidates and then posting the pictures to social media. I challenged you to consider how you would respond to those posts had you seen them. I also asked you how many of those supporters you would be willing to simply write off as unworthy of your consideration and understanding, even if you despised their chosen candidate. Believe it or not, this starts to identify the second, and most important, question we must answer if we are to reignite the American spirit. It hints that America isn't in need of being fixed. Rather, America needs something altogether different and less formulaic. Something much more difficult to implement. Something that stands to supercharge the American spirit if we get this right. Something that can help us find real, lasting unity once again. That is, if we are willing to step back take a breath, and see things as they really are. Let me explain. A few months ago, I experienced a case of breakthrough COVID-19. Thankfully, my symptoms were extremely light, as is the case for most vaccinated individuals. Nonetheless, our family needed to quarantine, which included pulling our daughter Reagan out of elementary school. Reagan loves school. She loves her teacher, she loves her friends, she loves all of it. Well, minus the homework part, but even that's not bad as a kindergartner. With several years of COVID-related expertise under their belts, Regan's school and its staff were ready to keep her engaged. One way was to allow her to join classroom lessons virtually. So we set up Regan with her iPad at her kitchen table. Then we stood off to the sides and and took things in as parents we appreciated getting a sneak peek into her classroom life we marveled at the way reagan's teacher captured the attention of the class with songs or claps or witty sayings that the kids seemed to eat up all of which kept the rambunctious youngsters on track as someone who once served as a part-time substitute teacher in texas for kids as young as fourth grade I knew firsthand this was far more difficult than the teacher made it look. Lord knows I wouldn't be up to the challenge of teaching kindergarten. Reagan's extroversion bubbled over via Zoom. It was all we could do to keep her dialed back a bit so as to not overpower the class's discussion. Like her father did as a child, Reagan's hand shot up with every question the teacher asked hoping to be the one chosen to share her answer. When the teacher asked students to pick up a marker, Reagan wanted to share which color, and smell, was featured on the one she selected. When a lull developed as the teacher moved about the room to review the work of other students, Reagan saw it as the perfect opportunity to discuss the characters on the band-aid she wore atop the scratch on her hand. Frustrating as that was, as a parent trying to make the Zoom accommodation run as smoothly as possible for the teacher, an undeniable human truth came out from Reagan's actions. She wanted to be seen. Truly and completely seen. By her teacher, by her peers, and by her parents. It didn't matter in Reagan's five-year-old mind that her interruptions on Zoom created challenges in the classroom. She wasn't intentionally trying to steal the spotlight from her classmates. She just wanted what every single human being wants in one way or another. An acknowledgement that she was there and that she mattered. I believe politics is much the same way. Because human nature is human nature. Sometimes that's a five-year-old kindergartner on a Zoom call. At others, it's a middle-aged parent working two jobs trying to make ends meet, despite being saddled with debt. Sometimes it's a person of color in inner-city America who watches the city's tax dollars flow into the flashy and usually white parts of downtown, while the parks and storefronts of their less tourist-friendly neighborhood suffer from underinvestment or neglect. At others, it's an older individual in rural America who feels forgotten by the younger people who call him or her out of touch or morally adrift for believing the things they do or having done the things they did, even though those things may have been socially acceptable in a different era. Make no mistake, I'm not making an argument about rightness here. I'm making an argument about our humanness because human beings are social creatures. That's why we seek out tribes. Tribes that understand us. Tribes that believe in us. Tribes that don't judge us. Tribes that truly and completely see us. Tribes that believe we matter. Once we find our tribe... We fight like hell for it. Because this isn't just about the position our tribe holds on a certain policy matter. It's about us and our character. It's about our souls. It's about standing up to other tribes who believe us to be inherently bad people. Because we matter, right? In response, we dig in. We get angry. We become fearful, and we fight. Through that predictable conflict, special interests expertly channel our anger and fear to accomplish their desired ends, not ours. Like the media companies who want eyeballs for their advertisements. Or the political parties who want dedicated super voters to support their candidates. Or the social media companies who profit heartily from the engagement stemming from our shouting. And sharing. Through that predictable conflict, we the people lose. And that's completely and utterly ridiculous. Are we not better than this? Do we not deserve better than this? I believe the answer is yes but correcting our course will depend on our willingness to demand it. Conflict has always been part of the American story. The choice for us is, will we channel our conflict to push us forward or allow it to tear us apart? This strikes at the core of whether or not we can reignite the American spirit. If we are to reignite the American spirit, we have to let America's light shine. And if we are to let America's light shine, we have to really and completely see our fellow Americans. Not as opponents we must destroy, but as neighbors who matter. Neighbors who are struggling in their own ways, just as we are struggling in our own ways. Neighbors who can teach us something about themselves and about where America needs to go in the future. Yes, that means America's light will, at times, shine in unpleasant places. At times, it will make us feel uncomfortable or exceptionally vulnerable. Yet that is precisely the way America's light gains its true power. That's how our light spreads. That's how we have in the past, and will in the future, grow forward together. At the beginning of this podcast series, I asked, can America be fixed? I hope you're starting to see that America doesn't need to be fixed. America needs to be healed from the inside out. Which leads us to the second and most important question we must ask if we are to reignite the American spirit. How can we help to heal America? If we look to others to fix America from the outside in, America will stay broken forever. The incentives, as we have discussed, are simply too misaligned at every step. If, on the other hand, we each look for ways that we can help to heal America, that is, from the inside out, the opportunities for us to make a lasting impact are limitless. I'll start unpacking this concept in a different letter on another day. Today, I'll close by saying if I came across those social media posts from Jim and Jessica, and if my focus was to first and foremost see them as my neighbors who matter, not political opponents who need to be defeated, my comments would likely be something along the lines of, I admire your hope in Donald Trump, or I commend you for engaging in the democratic process by contributing to Senator Sanders. I'd seek to see them, even if I disagreed with them. But do you know what would even be more powerful than a comment on those posts? A question. One that seeks insight or understanding. One that helps people like Jim or Jessica know that you desire to really see them. And understand the issues they face without judgment, without anger, and without fear of what those answers may reveal. But we'll get to that. Until next time, I wish you well. Your neighbor, Corey. You've been listening to the Keystone Letters, I'm Corey Frank, Major Airline Captain and author of Three Feet to the Left, A New Captain's Journey from Pursuit to Perspective. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to subscribe. And leave us a five-star rating so others can join us on our journey to reignite the American spirit.